Do you know what we're doing? Where you can get news about the Jamaican culture and just learn about how Jamaicans are doing as a young and abroad. You get to learn a new Jamaican patwa word or even a Jamaican phrase. I look forward to the patwa word of the day. The patwa word is pasa pasa. Word today is taco rum. Our word of the day is duffy. Kwang. Not like a twang, not true. Enjoy tuning in to what a good It happens every Friday at 7 p.m. So check them out and bye from Toronto. Dodge, Quebec, La Jamaica, Ecoute, what a Yes, I, what a I am a big fan of Water Guan. Relevant and entertaining, so keep up the good work. Watch Water Guan. Big up yourself, Water Guan. Water Guan. Yes, I. Water Guan. Watch Water Guan. Hello, it's Friday. Welcome back to all my, my fans. <laughs> Can I say my fans? It's Friday, July 21st. And guess what? Watagwan is on because as we know, on Fridays at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, Watagwan is broadcasted live right outside from Calgary, Canada Alberta Treaty 7. It's time to now go out of the back door, out of the front door, or the side door, text, call, email, whatever it is, but let all your peeps, enemies and friends alike, know that Watagwan is on. And your girl from Bungatown is back. Guess who's back? Ooh, ooh, back again. Ooh, ooh. We want to say a special shout out to our friends who are listening on Fresh FM Radio in London. Watagwan is also available as a podcast on Podbeam, Google, Amazon, iHeart, Player FM, and other major podcasting platforms. You can connect with all of those on our website at www.watagwan.ca. And by now, you know what I'm going to be saying next. Guan is two A's. Jamaica has declared its intention to remove the monarchy as head of state. This requires a change to the constitution and a committee is at work getting the country ready for a referendum which is required to make changes to the constitution. Today, we get the perspective of former member of parliament, parliament Attorney at Law Victor Cummins joins us to unpack the issues. Stay tuned because that will be coming up in a time to reason. Well, it's now my favorite part of the show, and it is now Patwa time. And this is where we share a word or a phrase from the beautiful Jamaican Patwa. And today's word is seeker. 
Seeker, have you ever heard it? Do you use it? Make the thing engaging and drop it in the comments just down below. So use it in a sentence. Just say it regular. Tell me what it means. If you know it, let me know. And remember, I like when you keep the thing lively and, you know, keep me entertained by telling me what you know or understand of the word seeker. Because I say, if you don't do that, you don't go make me, you know, I'm not going to be no friend anymore, right? So make the thing lively and tell me what Seika is. Last week, we took a stab at the question of STEM education in Jamaica. Educator and social commentator Dr. Clovis Nelson shared his perspectives on the things being done in the education system to promote science, technology, engineering, and math. Dr. Nelson was very keen on ensuring that the arts were included in the strategy to bring creativity and innovation into the equation. He argued that without the arts, we are limiting our potential and missing out on even greater impact from those key subject areas. STEAM should be the focus. Again, my go back say, I like it. We love it when you engage with us. So keep the comments, keep the feedback coming. So just drop when we have the conversation in time to reason, share the things that means, you know, the most to you. So keep it entertaining, please, folks. And if you do that, you get your name shout out right here on Wataguan National because you made a comment. If you missed an episode or you missed last week's episode, Check out the replay on Wataguan YouTube channel and on our Facebook channel. You can find the link to those on our website at www.wataguanca. I also want to encourage you to help us to spread Wataguan yard and abroad and everywhere, the four corners or the entire circle of the world by following us sharing our links, share like good food or bad food, whichever you choose. But follow us on our different social media platforms. And that is on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on LinkedIn. And you can check out our website. But share it and help us to spread the word and get even larger. Now it is time for us to share some events that is happening across Canada. In Calgary, the Jamaican-Canadian Association of Alberta is hosting its fourth annual backpack program. The program provides school supplies to families in need. Students get backpacks and school supplies to continue their education journey. This year, the distribution dates are Friday, July 28, 4 to 8 p.m., and Saturday, July 29, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It happens at the JCA building, which is located at 611-3208 8th Avenue Northeast, and this is only while supplies last. Call 403-775-1235 or email info at jcaalberta.com for more information. CARIFEST 2023 is ready. Carnival in the Park is on August 19th at Shaw Millennium Park. Then that is located at 1220 9th Avenue, Southwest Calgary. There will be live performances from Swappy from Trinidad and Jax from Toronto. Jason J.W. Williams will be the MC 
while, while Maisel, the sound master, will be the DJ at the controls. This is a free event with food, vendors, beer garden, kids zone, and more. For more information, go to www.carryfestcalgary.com. Over on the east side, over there in Montreal, the Jamaican Association of Montreal presents Jamaica Day this Saturday, July 22nd at the Martin Luther King Park. That's located at 3220 Avenue, Appleton, Montreal. The event goes from noon to 8 p.m. It will be hosted by Vibe Time with performances from Horace Martin, Jakota, King Shadrach, Melody, Tali, Singing Robin, and many more. For more information, call 514-737-8229. Save the date and plan to have a great time. In Toronto, the JCA Ontario anniversary gala dinner and dance will be on Saturday, August 12th at the JCA Center located at 995 Arrow Road, North York. Save the date and plan to join them along with the resolution band as they like band as they like Jamaica celebrate 61 years of greatness. For tickets and more information on this and other events, check the JCA website at www.jcaontario.org. Now, just a little tips and news from Dunayad. Business embracing technology despite AI concerns. More than 70% of Jamaican firms have indicated their intention to invest in technology, even amid growing concerns about the impact that artificial in intelligence, AI, will have on their jobs. On jobs, sorry. The, Jamaica, the development was highlighted in the latest Jamaican Chamber of Commerce, JCC, Business and Consumer Confidence Indices, provided by Dan, Anders Dan Ander Anderson, my God, Executive Chairman of Market Research Services Limited on Tuesday. The vast majority of firms, 73%, intend to invest in technology in order to secure the future success of their business. Anderson explained as he released the data for the June 2023 quarter during a JCC webinar titled The AI Effect, Reshaping Expectations, Igniting Innovation. The focus on the use of technology represents represented a new dimension to the quarterly consumer survey, as Anderson explained that the JCC wanted to determine whether firms acknowledge the importance of technology for future business success.
No, it's my next favorite part of Wataguan. And that is a time to reason. So you know what it's time to do. Thing to do now. Grab the coffee or the chocolate tea with some tough crackers. Sit down in the chair, rocking chair, whichever the cozy chair is. Because it's now time to all a liquor reason with none other than the big man himself, Donovan Simon. So stay tuned. Time to reason is up next. Thanks for changing All right. Uh, yeah, well, go on, sir, Donovan. Uh, yes, Miss Nicole. Mm, there, sleep up, put a me like, or a me like a uncle cow. I just, I just declare myself, you know. <laughs> I know, but um, I was in um, St. Catherine's, came back early this morning and haven't slept, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that, 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 that's the price you get from the tourists. <laughs> no, we should, it was touristing. It wasn't touristing. <laughs> the price you get from the tourists, but so it goes. That's, that's fine. All right, yeah. I'm not going to keep you much, because today we have, a, we have a really deep one. We want to spend as much time as yeah, we man, can on it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and and get some some conversation going here on on on, on the reasoning. All right. Yeah, so man. We'll come back yeah, and talk a little more. Man, all right. All right, folks. Uh, always a pleasure having you join me here for a time to reason on Wataguan. My name is Donovan Simon. Uh, today we're gonna touch a little topic. Like I we said in the intro, independence is coming and. Also, there is conversation going on about making changes to the Jamaican constitution to remove the monarch as a head of state. And to dive into that a little bit today, I've got somebody who has a, a lot of experience. Uh, when you look at his resume, we, the whole program could, could be used just going through the resume. But he's been a member of parliament between 2002-2007 and also served as Minister of State in the Ministry of Agriculture and Lands, uh, lecturer in law and planning at UTEC, was the CEO for the Trade Board for a while. He's an attorney at law, an entrepreneur, uh, lots of other things, Cornell graduate, Barrett College graduate, so much more. But what we're going to do today is pick his brain on constitutional reform in Jamaica, whether or not we're doing the right thing, whether we're focusing on the right things. Uh, it's my pleasure to get Victor Cummings to join me here as we reason. Sir Victor. Yeah, good evening, good evening. What, what, what are you doing, brother? I give thanks in all things. Can't complain. I woke up this morning, so can't complain. There, there you go. Uh, you know, talking about can't complain, there's a lot of complaints and questions and concerns as the, the topic of constitutional reform comes up, right? And, and before we dive into some of the, the, the deeper issues, maybe where we could start and you help those who are listening and watching to understand is what is being considered and what is, what is the process around it? How, how do we make changes to this, this, this thing called the Constitution? Well, 
first need to understand we really don't have a constitution. What we have is an order in council that was handed down to us. You know, um, the Privy Council, the British people decided what it was. There were negotiations back then in the 50s and 60s. So an order in council was made and it was handed down to us. And that is what we have been operating under. Mm -hmm. So what we're now looking at to constitutional review, there is a committee in place. They're accepting recommendations. They're holding public meetings, different locations across the island and getting feedback and comments from individuals and organizations have been submitting feedback with recommendations. All right, so good. You've said some context. What are some of the things that we are hearing in terms of the changes being considered? One of them primarily is the change of uh, the status of how we, we, we relate to the monarchy so that we become a republic, right? Yeah, so there, about what does that mean? Uh, excuse me? Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. What does that really mean? Well, we're, if we go towards a republic where we would have a president rather than where right now as we have it, we, I almost said the queen, where the king is the head of state and he's represented by the governor general. Mm -hmm. And so what has been debated is whether or not we're going to move towards having a republic and with it be uh you know what type of president will we have will it be an executive presidency or a ceremonial presidency mm -hmm. and the structure of government after that depending on the type if you just have a ceremonial president all you're doing is just changing the title of the governor general right but there's some of us who are very much in favor of an executive president where we will get to vote for who will be our president. So I'm in favor of a directly elected president of Jamaica with executive powers, not ceremonial right. powers for me. What, what are some of the other things being considered and or what are some of the things that maybe should be considered that we're not talking about? Well, I believe we should be talking about term limits. We should be having where power of recall. I, you know, my view is that we have institutionalized corruption in Jamaica because of our system of governance, not government. And the minister in charge of constitutional affairs did declare there is no intention to change a system of governance. Mm -hmm. Governance is the bigger thing it involves everything relationships between people connections all of that government is either you have a parliamentary system or what and my view is if you're only changing the system of government all you're doing is just changing the bottle but you'll still have the same old crappy wine unless you change a system of governance okay. and part of changing that system of governance term limits giving people the power to recall. I even believe that we should entrench local government in our constitution yeah. so that way 
the people in the different parishes can vote for who their mayor will be. Uh, right. There's also the view as far as with the Senate, whether or not the Senate should be elected, elected rather uh, than appointed. Right. So there are there's so much there, and I don't see the work being completed within the next few months. I say this is going to be a while if uh, they do it properly. You know, should yeah. have, we've had these debates and discussions going back so many years, and always when you have a change of government, priorities change, different things, things are put off to the side. So I think that um, the debate, a lot of people are now getting involved. A lot of mm -hmm. people are submitting. So I think this time around, we're going to continue. Because I remember when I came home in the 1990s and PJ Patterson was became prime minister and we had that discussion about constitutional reform. There was a committee I even dug up the old report that had been presented then. Yeah. And out of the arguments that we were discussing, things we're discussing now were discussed then. Some recommendations were made then, but what's happening now, everybody, they're going to look at then, but they're going to come up with a new approach. And I happen to believe, as I said, local government, people need to pay attention to the local government report reform that was done years ago also. I yeah. remember I was sat on that committee because I'm also a former KCC counselor. Right. And Rick yeah, Nettleford yeah. was the chairman of that committee and a long, detailed report was prepared. But as usual, so, we so. go through all this stuff. Reports are prepared and what they file 13 or <laughs> 12 it, really, it comes back dusted but let me ask you a question because you've been in the heart of the politics is there some political advantage to be gained to narrow the approach to how we look at this whole constitutional reform process and if yes I, what, what are those i'm not too clear what if you narrow it if you narrow it and just focus on one item I don't think, I think that we need to look at having a comprehensive reform, having a people's constitution. And yeah. I'm even in favor of after we have the recommendations and you have a different ideas, put it to the people, let the people decide. I hear some people are saying, oh, the Jamaican ordinary person wouldn't be able to select what, no, educate them. Once you decide on what, then we have a public education program and present the options. Present the options to the people and let them select which one. Do you, wanna, I do think you that think if you were to ask people, most people would want an executive president. Do you think there's the appetite to go through that process, though? And I'm talking from, from the, the political directorate, uh, because that is time, and we have been at this conversation for seemingly such a long time is is, is 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 that something that you think the politics will embrace i don't think it is in the interest of our elected officials and i'm speaking both sides for us to have a comprehensive constitutional reform or for us to really change our governance system it's right. not in their interest, so why should they proceed to do it? So, 
let, let's look around then, because in the, in the Caribbean, there are a number of republics. Recently, Barbados went through the process of, of changing their relationship with the monarch. Trinidad has done it. Guyana has been a republic for a while. Is, is there any noticeable benefit that you think they have gained uh, and things that we should learn from them? But did they do comprehensive constitutional reform? What they did was just change the title of the governor general, call it president. Mm -hmm. People didn't select who those people are. They were appointed by the prime minister. So they really, I mean, it's just like you just paint over, put a fresh coat of paint on top and let's move on. That will satisfy them. That is taken. Yeah, but don't we find that the comparison is, 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 is made on, on, a, on a regular basis between what they have done and what we should do. So is, is that a sense of awareness in our people? What more do we need to do to get our people to think a little deeper about it? Well, the comparison, I, I, my view, remember this is my view, that the comparison isn't justified because it really they're saying, oh, they have gone ahead, we should have gone ahead. But we maybe the committee is looking deeper into what is there and what should be done. But I say that in Jamaica, we need to take a comprehensive approach. It may take us a little while longer. Perhaps, I don't know if the government's intention is to get it done before the next election. The next election, which is due in 2025, and if that is the case, then go ahead, proceed, because the changes have to be, I, I forgot how long, I think like 90 days, it has to be laid on the table of the House of Parliament before any change can be made. So I hope that they're looking at the time frame when they're going to call the election and then put all of that in place and then put it to the people. Let the people a comprehensive education program, make the changes and educate the people about the different options and let them decide, go for a referendum. I'm saying that it should be a referendum. It should be each item that we talk, executive presidency, Ooh. term limits, recall, all of that. I bet you if you were to put it in um, a referendum, I think that the majority of people would vote to have recall, would vote for term limits, because that's part of the problem that we have. When you have these people who are in power and they're going to be reelected, reelected, reappointed to the cabinet, there's no new ideas. They're no fresh. And I mean, they're set in the ways and this is what has been done all the time. And this is the way we're going to do it. So no new ideas and once they're set, you know, I mean, you feel the sense of power, of control. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's nice being a minister. I was there for a little bit. So it's yeah. nice when you are, oh, yes, minister, yes, minister. And, you know, all of that gets uh, gets to your head. And you got a driver, you got a bodyguard, and you get access to all of these funds that you could do things. And if you're a minister or the ministry that you really have some work, there you see the corruption. You know, yeah. you have all of this 
going on now where they're fighting the integrity commission. Why? Something is in something. When people see their vested interests as being challenged, that's when they get very aggressive and start because they know they got to protect their vested interests. And that's what's going on. If you limit, say, okay, you're only there for two terms. And after that, we have to change. So you do what needs to be done and then you move on. But if you're going to be there indefinitely, you know, you see they had a report where so many parliamentarians didn't even go to parliament, missed so many meetings. I remember as um, a counselor, if you miss three consecutive meetings, you can be removed. Right. Here, and that's three over three months. So it's different, but then you have where you, I think it was 45 yeah, sittings I, I, and only some of them only attended five. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, busy, they're, busy they're busy on the road doing, 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 doing their, their work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you something, because before I get to, I want to get into the people, because you talk about the majority and the voting. And that, I think, is a function of, you know, voter turnout and all the rest of it. But putting it to the people also comes with its own risk. And I think one, one of the things I look at was when we, when, we, when we got to independence, there was a referendum uh, back, back in 61, right? For the West Indian Federation where we screwed up. Okay. Where we destroyed the Federation and the Trinidadians <laughs> are never forgiven us for that. And I agree with them. <laughs> right. But, but, but we chose to exit and, and go our own path. But it also, uh, some, some would say, led to a political loss for, for the leader at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that come into consideration as we look at stuff like that? Do you think this is a part of the, the thinking of the political sides? Well, if I'm sure that is... <laughs> part of the thinking of the people, of the politicians. And I know that they don't want to give the people the power because if you were to give the people the power, boy, the changes that we would have. Look at the last election. I don't, I mean, the percentage was so low because so many people decided that they weren't happy. And it was during the COVID time also, you know, that they weren't going to come out and vote. So we have a government that controls almost two over two-thirds majority but they were elected by such a small percentage i'm in favor of mandatory people must vote i believe in that you know (laughs) if you want to reach that age 18 you must vote you must make it mandatory it is your right as a citizen you must exercise but, you know, we just take everything lackadaisical. I'm soon come, man. Relax. You know, not now. Go on, right? <laughs> well, so and, people... And, and and I'm glad you bring that up. I, I, hmm? I was talking to a couple of people recently in Jamaica. I was down there and I was asking questions about their awareness of the constitutional reform process and whether they were prepared to participate when, when the referendum, or if and when the referendum is, is called. And the, the knowledge, the awareness was significantly lower than I anticipated. So how would you assess where Jamaicans are at 
in terms of their apathy level or their engagement or excitement level about this whole issue of constitutional reform. From talking, um, I teach at NCU and with the students, and I always ask a question, and even out there, the majority of people really don't care because they don't think that it's really going to affect them either way. And they happen mm -hmm. to also believe that nothing is going to change. Politicians are always going to be corrupt. Politicians and their friends are always going to benefit. All they hope is that when the politician teaches something that they'll come and share it with them. So mm -hmm. that's where I say we have institutionalized corruption. People have accepted the fact that our leaders are corrupt. And so nothing they can do. All they hope is that they get a little pop off from the corruption. So most people aren't really engaged in it. They don't see it affecting their lives. That's why I say take the time to educate the people. Have a long discussion. Have even more discussions than we're having, have a public education campaign. Put things out there on the television, in social media, in the newspaper, letting people know, take out ads, all of that. Show the people what the different options are and what the different benefits are. Communicate mm -hmm. with the people, go to the people. But I don't think our leaders- But it's not part of the mandate. Excuse me, I didn't hear you. It's not part of the mandate of the committee. Isn't that part of the mandate of the committee? Well, that is what they, but you see, they said, yes, they're going to have um, public education, but I'm not just talking about putting out some little things and that. I'm talking about comprehensive involving those, um, the councillors, the members of parliament, make it mandatory that they have discussions in their constituencies and divisions. I should take off my glasses, right? See, it's reflecting. <laughs> I make it mandatory. <laughs> that they have these discussions within their divisions and the constituency. Make it, make, they must listen to the people. I don't see that happening. All right. So if, if, we, if we go through that process, do you think the cost of the process will be worth the benefits of the changes ultimately? I think so. I think if, once you educate the people and let them know, and communicate with them. In the long term, the, everything in Jamaica will benefit from that. Talk to Educate, us. Talk to us yeah, that's where you're going. Talk to us then about some of those benefits to be gained from investing in that depth of consultation, education, uh, before we make changes. Well, you will have more people involved, becoming involved in the political process, you would have more people believing that they could make a difference by participating. Right now, people don't believe whatever I do is not going to change anything. But by reaching out to the people, communicating with them, educating them on what the benefits are, what the long-term objective are, get the people to participate. I remember when we were doing local government reform and we talked about community councils. And the community council's idea is an old idea from long ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was a councillor and an MP, and we tried it. And it worked. The people got involved. What I used to do where we had a little bit of money, not compared to what they 
MPs are getting nowadays. You know, I'm not talking the salary, but I wish I was getting that salary, even now in private sector, right? For a part-time job, right? Look at the salary for a part-time job. Jeez. But um, where we had, where every week I would go to a community and have meetings. We formed citizens mm -hmm. associations, got the people involved, and then once a month, the heads of all those citizens associations, we would get together. And I mm -hmm. would say, hey, this is a little bit of money that I have to spend. And here are the priority things. You tell me where we should spend it and what we should do. And the people got involved and they said it. They even helped work with the workers because I don't believe an MP should be involved in giving out work. You know, and so I never did let it to the community, but I understand that is what contributed to my <laughs> being removed <laughs> because I was being fair, regardless of whether or not you're a supporter of mine or not. If you're a member of the constituency, you should get assistance, fixing right. up the schools, all of that. But people believe I should have just been doing on one side alone, not everybody the other side. And they chose someone who did that. But now they're saying, I mean, oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, hindsight, 2020, right? But so it go. So how do we then, Victor, get to the stage where this constitutional framework will, 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 will be a real guide? Because at the end of the day, that is what it's intended to be, right? Is that more, is that an idealistic expectation of our, our, our democracy? But what is wrong with being, having ideals? We need to have ideals. Right now, if you see the current constitution or order in council, when I tell students, oh, everybody should get a copy and you should read it. They're like, what? And then they read, they can't understand it. We need to simplify it. So once we have these ideas, I mean, it's written by lawyers for lawyers. So unless you have, you know, <laughs> legal education, you probably couldn't understand it. But we need to simplify what we're talking about for the ordinary person. I mean, the people out there are not stupid enough. They, some of them may not have a great level of education. But I remember going down as in Kingston. You go to the, in St. William Grand Park, or we used to, young older people call it Victoria Park, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, under yeah. the debate yeah. corner. I remember when I was young and my father used to be there and they would get together and they debate all these ideas and I would just sit there. Now, sometimes I go there and the debate corner is still there and you'll be surprised at the level of discussion and they're mostly men, you know, 90% yeah. are men that are having. And we see, boy, if these people had had an opportunity to get an education, a good education, what they would have achieved. I mean, the level of debate that they have in a... And I one the other day, I went to Kingston and I said, let me go and see. The, the corner isn't as active as it used to be, but mm -hmm. they were debating the Constitution. Yeah. And what they wanted, it wasn't led by any politician. It was led by those guys in the community. Yeah, And that's what I think we should do. Have all across Jamaica, the community, the citizens associations, we give them a guide. We summarize what the ideas and everything are and give it to them and encourage them to discuss it. Yeah. 
and to debate it and get back to us. And that will also prepare them for a referendum. And the more debates we have, the more discussions across Jamaica, the higher the turnout that we would get when the time comes. But our politicians don't want that turnout now because the higher the turnout, risky for our politicians. So we want yeah. to keep, uh, we, I'm no longer an active politician, but you don't want to <laughs> keep that turnout down and make sure that the supporters, who we know is going to vote for us, get them to the polls. But anybody else who may not vote for us, we want to keep them away from the polls. And, and I don't agree with that. You want, to get, everybody. you want to get the majority, the majority of the minority. <laughs> yes. You know, well, that's what um, this government is represented by. You know, but I believe everybody should vote once you reach the age of 18. I know I'm, some people say that I'm going a little bit too far, but I believe it's part of your right as a member of, not just your right, your responsibility as a member of society to go and vote. Well, for me, what I have done, if I don't agree with who's on my ballot, I write in a name. And the problem with Jamaica is if you write in a name, your ballot is automatically... Yes, the ballot, man. <laughs> I would prefer to, if I don't um, agree with either person, not because we're only allowed two, right? Yeah, yeah. Spoil the ballot. ballot. Spoil the ballot. Yeah, look, and if we got look, more so spoiled that, ballot in that ballot yeah, box, that's a take up time. Yes. <laughs> you know. That take up time. All right, listen, uh, we have a few more minutes. Are there elements of constitutions elsewhere, governance arrangements elsewhere that Jamaicans can look at to say, here is what is being suggested? So it's not just a novel idea that we are trying to create for ourselves. I think it's New Zealand. I'm not too sure where they have mandatory voting. They're there. They're all over the place. People have where term limits. Yeah. So there are lots of different States, examples yeah. there. You know, but I'm in favor of, firmly in favor of term limits, you know. <laughs> and then even with our member of parliament, I tell you, with that nice big salary for a part-time job, and where's the job description? I mean, a crappy job description. All of that we need to put in place, and we need to hold them accountable. If you're not doing the job, the people should have the power to recall you. Yeah. I mean, it's the so prime it's minister or the leader of the party who makes the decision as to whether or not you're going to be a candidate. You see, one of the big things happening now where people have won the, I don't know if you use the term primary, if you want to use that term, or run off the selection, and then the leader decides they're not going to use that person yeah. for whatever reason. But the person won the primary, so therefore they should be given that opportunity. Right. right now it is the leader who decides who's going to run or not. Well, isn't the idea political? Isn't that what power is all about, though? And isn't the Constitution supposed to protect that power? Which power is it supposed to protect? Well, power is about, I mean, for politics <laughs> to remain in, to gain power and remain in power. But if you look at what is the objective of our republic, and I keep on asking these people, see, my first degree is in um, philosophy. How many of you actually read the republic? Because the objective of a republic is to create a just society. When mm. you read the republic, that is the bottom line. The creation of a just society. 
We're not trying to create a just society because justice is fairness in treatment before the law. That is the definition of justice. We don't have fairness in treatment before the law in Jamaica. You know, the, everybody knows the story of the man who steals some mangoes and goes spend 20 years in jail. And then we have these people who have stolen millions of dollars and didn't even spend one night in jail. That's not fair. Yeah. You know, so there is no justice. So we don't see people yelling, we want justice anymore. Because, you know, a politician, the time come, hey, let's just throw some money at them and shut them up. And the people, yeah. you know, back in my parents would tell me what they would call it back then, a bully beef election, you know. <laughs> just feed them and they'll vote for you. <laughs> you know? I don't uh, agree with that. They'll never. And I guess that's why I have left and I'm not involved in anymore because I don't agree with that. I believe in educating the people. And that's what I did. I focused on fixing up the schools in the constituency. Every school, I got computers donated from my friend Ray Chang and Donna Chinloy, who are, well, Ray is past, but Donna is up there in Canada. And mm -hmm. I remember a container of computers and books was what I would bring in and fix up all the schools. And I still remember when this lady said to me, our money we want, pick me them, we'll take care of themselves. We can't eat no book and computer. Our money if we give away. <laughs> but I feel good because some of those children, if you see from then, why well, I ran into one, I was in the market and the mother, her daughter is now a doctor. Yeah. And I remember, and you know, the sad thing, it's always the women who are achieving. And this other one, she's now a lawyer. So, that I felt good about, you know, even though things didn't work out as I planned, but yeah. still there were some good things that happened and some people benefited. So I'm uh, in favor of trenching democracy, make the people vote, have them discuss everything, get their ideas and their feedback and just public education constantly, constantly citizens associations discussion and we'll have a high turnout if we do that all right well one last one is the committee that has been put together capable of driving this kind of agenda that you're talking about or ultimately it becomes a rubber stamp process i can't comment on the capability of the committee but my view is that there really is no interest in and really entrenching democracy to the extent that I advocate for. All right, I hear it. One last thing. You get a chance to talk to a group of Jamaicans uh, through this and other forum. What's, what's kind of the one message you'd want to give them about this whole constitutional reform process, which is happening, uh, inevitably something is gonna happen. What's, what's the one little piece that you'd want them all to hear? Uh, from you based on where you sit and what you know? I'd want them to get more involved and encourage people to get more involved. I think if more people start writing and even with the diaspora, and you know, my little pet peeve is <laughs> that someone can come from, I don't want to use a, another country that's a member of the Commonwealth, or Canada, right? Yeah. Born in Canada, have no Jamaican connection, come to Jamaica, 
and they can end up after one year being prime minister without taking out Jamaican citizenship. Where I happen to believe nationality, which is where you're born, is more important. Because my parents chose to take me to the US, I can't serve in Jamaica. It didn't matter when I ran in 2002, it mattered after PNP lost the election in 2007. <laughs> and I believe if you take a position A today, that position remains unless there's something drastic. I change it. That was a big waste of money. But we need to get rid of that part in the Constitution because mm -hmm. that provision was put in there to benefit our colonial masters, where mm -hmm. if they own the property in one country, they could run for office. If they lose, then they go to another country that they own property in and run. So I believe that if you are born in Jamaica, regardless of where you grew up, you should be given, <coughs> excuse me, the opportunity to serve. If you take out Jamaican citizenship, you're born somewhere and take out, then there should be no distinction between Commonwealth and American, the U.S. rather. I can tell you, all, all, the, people in, all the people in the diaspora have tons of questions about the contribution that we are likely to make or not make based on the, the, the proposed changes to the Constitution. All right, well, let's you know, we only want the diaspora for the money, right? Those remittances, <laughs> keep coming. We don't care yeah, what you think. Only your money we want. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're a good ATM. <laughs> <laughs> you choose to be an ATM. <laughs> you know, it's a choice that we make. Yeah, but, but we, we love the country. So in some ways, we always pause and say, you know, how can we support it? Uh, in, in, in different ways. I can tell you, maybe this is for another discussion because we try to avoid the bureaucracy as we as we support because the, the experiences are checkered. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, I've seen with members of the diaspora, when a politician, especially those who are in government, come, come up, how people climb over each other to kiss their asses. <laughs> I tell you, it's the, the minister. I tell you, it's the minister. Oh, yeah, I tell you, Listen. when I was minister, boy, I loved to go on those trips. <laughs> Everything catered for first class uh, tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah, catering to the minister. Well, listen, we're, we're going to have a pause. I appreciate the perspective. I appreciate the time. Let's hope those who are watching and all those who are not get involved in the process because that's where the people's power will come from. Uh, folks, we had, we had Victor Cummings here, former MP, attorney at law, social commentator, writer, entrepreneur. And former KCC on. counselor. I believe yeah. being a counselor was more important than being an MP because you're on the ground <laughs> as a counselor. <laughs> uh, all right, my brethren. Thanks a lot. I my appreciate patience. the time. Take care. All right. Thanks for taking the time. All right. Uh, yeah, that's the start. Mr. Cole. <laughs> <laughs>
still there and listening. Uh, yeah, lots, lots to unpack there. Lots to unpack. The last thing you mentioned, though, I didn't know that that like somebody else who wasn't born in Jamaica or have no Jamaican connection could come for a year and run. But if I was born in Jamaica and moved away and get citizenship, then I can't. Yeah, it's it's a dual it's a dual citizenship thing, right? That was implemented. Where so, for example, if if I'm a Canadian citizen, I have to revoke my Canadian citizenship in order. To, to go back and serve there. Wow. And there are politicians, for example, who have been US citizens or gained US citizenship who have to revoke that citizenship in order to, to serve. And that's one of the concerns in the diaspora, right? So for those of us, for example, I speak for myself, where I'm a, I'm a Canadian citizen, uh, but I'm a Jamaican. I'm exactly. Jamaican born and bred. And the question is, why would I need to give up my Canadian citizenship in order to, to go back and serve my country. Yeah, right? and somebody else who now have no connection can just go there. And become a Jamaican and, and life is good, right? Whoa, there there are many know. questions that about the, 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 the constitutional changes being proposed that the diaspora is asking. So for yeah. example, there, there are questions about having a vote as a part of the diaspora, right? There's always, you know, the request for our money. Right, yeah. Support this and support this and, you know, send some money, invest in all the rest of it. Uh, however, you don't get a chance to, to determine the government. You don't get a chance to vote on the policies. You get to sit on committees. Right. Number right. Of committees, but that's all it is, you, you know, words and you can say a thing here and there, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily go any further. In yeah, terms of make a real change if you just change. sit in a committee. Yeah, there you go. Victor makes some interesting points as well about like term limits. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, you 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 have seen politicians who have been in, in the same constituency for 25 years, and the the constituencies know better than when they found it. Uh, and and you're saying to yourself, okay, something must be wrong with that, right? Uh, and also the, the process of making choices to, you know, important offices like the Senate. And I, I you know, I, 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 I also question the depth of engagement. You know, like I said, I was down there a couple of times this year. And every time I talk to somebody about the referendum and constitutional change, people look at me and say, well, I'm going to know about that. Right. right. They don't vote in the local government elections, even though some people are clamoring for it. But who clamoring for it? The politicians. Right. Yeah. They, vote, they don't vote in the general elections unless they're my dyad, right? You know, the dyads who, you mm -hmm. know, whether you vote or somebody vote for you, your yeah. vote goes in. And when you sleep, you vote for the same thing, no matter what they say or what they do, right? And then, and then the, the, the populace goes about their business and life goes on. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in voting, though. Big believer because, you know, my saying is those who vote speak for those who don't. Yeah. And, and I must admit, I was one of those who didn't vote because I'm like, it to me, it was just a wasted effort because I'm like, what the hell am I voting for? I just never see the purpose. And then I oftentimes, you know, I love my opinion and sometimes I'll voice it because it's mine. But 
technically I really shouldn't be voicing because I didn't vote. But yeah, you know, I'm not saying after that. You, you have traded your say. Yeah, I've are traded. Are you gonna demonstrate? You know, you know <laughs> we want we want justice and create a soundbite. Well, so, I don't know. Anyway, another one, you know, good discussion. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can create a little learning in the process. Definitely. Um, we'll be back again next week. Next week, we'll, next week we'll be a little lighter. Oh, yes. <laughs> the there. <laughs> All right. We'll take up a whole bit time today, but I'm going to leave you now. All right. Take it easy. All right. Cool. Have a good one, Donovan. Yeah, you too. Yeah, man. All right, folks, you heard it. I hope you listen. And don't be like me. Vote. Because you have to cast the vote forever. Say, if you don't have a vote, then you don't have a voice, technically. But it would be nice to see Jamaica in a place where we're not represented by this king or queen. Like, we need to get rid of all those colonial legacy that is trapping us. And, you know, we need to learn to move on. And term limit for both prime minister, president, and member of parliament. Because some of them sitting there like rock, just like get a mass. And as if a good mass so you can use, make something. Then just like get up for no purpose or no reason. So another good conversation. And thanks to Donovan and Victor for, again, giving us some edutainment. People... We're not going to get beaten, for real. Where are my comments on the Patwa word or points of the conversation that um, affected you? We know if you do better than that, man. I thought on a girl from Bungatone, you don't look like you don't like me anymore. You have to say something. So seka means <laughs> because of. Um, and to use this in a sentence... You could say something like, Watcha, me miss my sentence. A seeker, a rain a fall. <laughs> Why me never get free? Go down out the shop. So, seeker is because of. Yes. So, that that is seeker. So, another word, write it down in your, in your diary or whatever you write down. Make sure you're writing all these Jamaican words and use them and keep the language going and alive up and running so seeka una now put the things in the comment me i go be vexed next week because una have to put put the comments and have to talk to me through the comments so next week it's can you believe it is the last friday in july the month is ending my god it's september already so next week we're going to be talking about jamaican cuisine we should have had this show a couple weeks before but because of whatever, but it is coming in the right time, just before independence. So Jamaican cuisine, what makes it so special? Again, you know, our food, the best in the world. Independence is a time in Jamaica, and we'll be looking at some elements of our culture over the next few weeks. Food is a very special part of every culture, even more special in ours. What makes ackee and saltfish, oxtail, curry good, jerk chicken, stew peas, escovitch fish, dumpling, manish water, as Jamaican man would say, gallish water, and so much more remain, remain so special for Jamaicans and others. Chef Lennox Brown will be joining us to share some ideas tips, tricks, and more about Jamaican cuisine. It should be fun. Make sure you want to come join us 
and talk to we in the comment. You can share what I go on national, share your message on what I go on national while we share our stories and experiences. Advertise with us as we continue to grow. Contact us via whataguan.ca or our social media handles. You can connect with the different social media handles, and those are Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and our website, where you can also find all of those things where you can just press and it takes you directly to the site. You can send us an email to our email at whataguancnd at gmail.com. And as always, remember that Guan is two A's. Check out the website, send us an email, contact, contact us on social media. Again, this is another week, another Friday. And it's a girl from Bongaton saying thank you for joining us. What good. See you next week.